0: We need a point of truth. That is Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. He is perfectly crafted. He is without sin, without blemish. There is not a flaw. There's not a kink in his dimension. If you were to describe him as a stone, he would be breathtaking. In fact, in Isaiah, they called him a a tried stone, a precious stone. You know, it all works when Jesus Christ is that point for us. It doesn't work when we look to someone else or look to ourselves to be that chief cornerstone in our lives.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: We are in Ephesians chapter 2 and looking at verses 11 through 22. And titling a message, sometimes you look through, you read through the passage, and but you look through a passage and you want to determine some central theme that we can pull the whole message off of, and there are many, there were two especially, that popped out to me as I was looking over this passage. The first one's found in verse fourteen, where it says, "For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of division between us." And so that line, "He is our peace," is um, a possible title that I was thinking about titling the message. and but then I was reading through and kept going through it, and I came back to, I almost named it, He is our peace. But I came to verse 20 where it says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I am a brick mason by trade. I haven't laid brick in years for pay, at least. I've done a few things in between, but it's not my job, it's not my business, but I am a brick mason. So I thought I have to go with this, the chief cornerstone, because As I looked through it, I was able to just quickly lay out the whole passage from verses 11 through 22 and verses 11 through 15a. I titled that section that Jesus is a demolition man, a demo man, this builder mind here. Verse 15b through 18 that Jesus is a builder and verses 19 through 22 that Jesus is a stone. But as a builder... Pick up in verse 15 and go through 18. It tells us this. So he has created in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. He came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So Christ a builder, he... I have divided this into three sections that as a builder, he is our architect, he is our advocate, and he is our access. He is a builder. He has created. It's a katizo in the Greek. It's a word means to create, to make. Um, Something out of nothing, it can actually mean something that did not exist before. He has created unity between Jew and Gentile. He has created fellowship. He is the chief architect of our lives. So he has created in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So it's through Jesus' death on the cross that he has not only reconciled us back to the Father, but he has made and united the Jews and the Gentiles. And in the churches today, he is able, he is capable, he is our peace to unite us in fellowship with one another. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. One spirit, one baptism, one body. Whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we are one in Christ Jesus. So He is our architect. He has created this thing that we call the church today. He's also our advocate. Verse sixteen, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. So, as an advocate, as someone who acts or intercedes in another person's behalf, I have at times had to become the advocate for my son when he was uh, messed up, and sometimes I would step in and get him out of trouble. I'd become an advocate. Somebody sometimes else it was a lawyer. I'd have to do it. And ultimately, we know that God was watching over him. You know, the last time my son was in court, we had went to U-Turn for Christ, and he had a court date here in Lake County. He had a a pretty heavy charge that could have left him with a felony. He has no felony, so God was his advocate because it left him free and clear as far as that's concerned. But we sent him to U-Turn for Christ, even though there was this pending court issues and requirements that had to be taken care of. And a lot of times what happens in Illinois, is they could care less what California can do for you. But we knew what our son needed. And in that sense, I was thinking, this is what my son needs. I don't care what the court says. We'll deal with that later. Thankfully, the Lord was our advocate. And John was able to because Lily had cancer, and God is just—I, you know, cancer is not good. But this played into everything. Normally, in the first phase, they don't get to leave at all. But because his mom was sick with cancer, and they allowed him to come home from Christmas, that should have been a no-no. But while he was coming home for Christmas, we contacted the court system and said, "There's a court date," and we told him what was going on. We told him where he was at. Could we have the The trial moved up to December 26th and the lawyer that we had obtained at that time said that, I I don't know, this probably won't work, but we'll give it a try. Well, they did. Jesus, our advocate, uh, the day got moved up, but that wasn't the end of it. When we got to the court, the judge that Johnny normally would have had took the day off. It was the day after Christmas. And he had a replacement judge sitting on the throne. And everything we asked for, this judge gave us. And John had the requirements that needed to be fulfilled, but everything he had seen thus far, he was just amazed at what John had done up to that point. And so he allowed everything to go as planned. John never had to go back to court. He just had to complete everything with U-turn for Christ and go to a class in California that would quite a class that was here in Illinois and it all equaled out and we walked out and the lawyer was amazed. He's the one that said, this was not the normal judge. If the normal judge would have been here, this would not have happened. And I said, well, we believe in a God who overrules the judge or the men that sits or our judgment seats here on this earth. And the lawyer looked at me and he goes, for you, I believe that. See, the lawyer wasn't a believer. But he saw something that was amazing to himself. We have an advocate. It is Jesus Christ, the righteous. And And through John, he writes this to us to remind us of this. 1 John 2.1, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Romans 5.10, If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, having much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So he's our advocate. He has reconciled us to God, but he is also our access. Verses 17 and 18. He came and preached peace to those who were far off and to those who were near. And through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So he is our access, refers to an approach. It's, hey, you have an access to the building. It talks about a doorway. Remember Jesus saying that I am the door. He is our access. Verse 18, I would just encourage you, if you don't mark your Bible up, this is a good place to put a mark in there. Because in verse 18, in one verse, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It says, for through him, Jesus, we both have access by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, to the Father God. So this is a great proof text of the trinity or the triunity of the Godhead. That through Jesus Christ, we have access by the Holy Spirit to Father God. So just a great proof text. So Jesus, he is our architect. He is our advocate and he is our access to the father and finally jesus is a stone verses 19 through 22 says this now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple to the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. He is is a stone, and we've been built upon a foundation, verses 19 through 20. Now, Paul takes us in a different direction than what we would naturally think. When I talk about Christ, I talk about being built upon The foundation of Jesus Christ. But that's not what uh, Paul refers to here. He says that we have been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. It begins in verse 19 by saying that we are no longer strangers, no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. To be a fellow citizen, it means that we have been joined together because of our birthright with the rights and privileges of everyone else from that country we've been joined together because of our birthright we could say because of our bloodline citizens members of the same household you know to be part of the same household we are what we're blood right we're blood relatives uh, and we are blood relatives but it's not our blood it's the blood of jesus christ it is His blood. We are have our citizenship in heaven, Paul says in Philippians 3:20, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're part of the same community. We're part of the same household. In Ephesians 2:13, he says that we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's because of His blood. And this foundation. Naturally, I would just think the foundation of Christ, God, our rock, Jesus Christ, he's the rock that we build our life upon, but it's the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I don't know why Paul put the apostles before the prophets, but what he is saying, the apostles of the New Testament, the prophets of the Old Testament, combining all of the Bible together as one, the men of faith from the past and from the future, at their perspective, they were in the present right then. But the foundation, in context, the foundation is built upon the apostles and prophets because the prophets of the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the Messiah of His first and second coming. The apostles of the New Testament, they look back to the first coming and His death, burial, and resurrection, but they were still looking forward to the the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's where we're at today to this day. We're no longer looking forward to the Messiah's first coming, but looking forward to the Lord's second coming. But we're built upon this foundation of faith that has been firmly laid by the apostles and prophets who have come before us from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. This is why in the context of this passage, Jesus is not, he's not the foundation because Paul tells us he is the chief cornerstone having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophet Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now in Israel, we don't do this today. Uh, Dale and I were talking about this just this week of how you lay out a building in our country today. The boys up north here don't do it, as Dale was saying, like the boys down south do. And sometimes they just show up on the job, and I don't know where they get their dimensions, their measurements, their starting point, but you need something that you have to call true. And by calling Jesus the chief cornerstone, he is saying that this is the stone that was the first stone laid on the whole building, and it was a perfectly crafted stone that would be set at the corner, and from that stone, all measurements from height to width, dimensions, everything pulled from that one stone. He is the chief cornerstone from which you build your life upon. So when you're a builder, like I've been for so many years of my life, you need a place to call true. When I was uh, one of the last jobs I did before I became your pastor, I was actually working on the job when I became your pastor, but it was the last major job that I had was in Vernon Hills building a junior high school for... Uh, the community there, brand new project. And I discovered in the process of that pretty quickly that the concrete guys, uh, no dig on any concrete workers if I have any here, but their foremans never had a point of truth on the building. So this company seemed to, whoever, hey, we need guys to pour concrete, send somebody out. Every time they sent a crew out, it was a different crew. It was never the same person always a different foreman, so he would just start pouring concrete. And then I would try to come after him and build my work upon concrete that it had no truth point. It was either too high or too low, and I had to deal with the aftermath of all that. So there was a point, point. it was pretty early in the job, we had built a wall by the stairwell, and I I put a four-foot mark on, and I put a big circle around it. And when any trade would come on the job, Brand new, I would go introduce myself. I'm John, I'm the foreman for the bricklayer. That mark over there is the point of truth. Everything I'm doing, I'm pulling from that mark. I want you guys to do that too. The superintendent should have done that, but he wasn't doing his job. So I kind of slipped in and said, I need a point of truth. I need a reference. The whole job needed that to make sure that it, it was being built properly. We need a point of truth. That is Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. He is perfectly crafted. He is without sin, without blemish. There is not a flaw. There's not a kink in his dimension. If you were to describe him as a stone, he would be breathtaking. In fact, in Isaiah, they called him a a tried stone, a precious stone, beautiful in make and circumference. And, And if we would pull our life from Christ, determine everything from Jesus Christ, then we would be built up in the body of Christ and function in the body of Christ just as we should. You know, it all works when Jesus Christ is that point for us. It doesn't work when we look to someone else or look to ourselves to be that chief cornerstone in our lives. So Jesus Christ, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So we're we're joined into this temple. We become part of the temple of God. Verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for the habitation of God in the Spirit. We become part of the temple of God. I, I think of my body and I say, God, if this is your temple, you're in trouble because my body hurts often. Not a very good temple. Of course, he's not talking about physical things here. He's talking about spiritual things here. Realize, I, I learned the lesson from my parents because they found that this stone, this tried stone, this precious cornerstone, this sure foundation was the best thing that they could build their life upon and i was raised in a household that taught me that and i believe it to this day i just don't care to hear about anybody else's opinion partly because not because i'm closed-minded in the sense of i just don't want to hear about any other religion or anything like that but i know that The Lord Jesus Christ, when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me in John 14, 6, that he made an exclusive statement saying that there is only one way to God the Father. And So I want to build on that sure foundation. I want to align my life upon that tried stone, that precious cornerstone, that sure foundation. As we close out, I just kind of put down some of these verses where Jesus is called a stone or a cornerstone. The first one, I put it in your bulletin. It's Isaiah 28, 16. But there it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. So he's a tried stone. It means that he's been tested and proven. He is a precious cornerstone. It means that through him, the whole church is rightly joined together as one. He is a sure foundation. And by building our life upon him, it says here, we will not act hastily. That sounded kind of weird to me. He will not act hastily. So I had to look up what that meant in the Hebrew. And then I looked through different Bible translations. And, and this is what I came up with. And, and this makes very good sense. That by building our life upon Christ, we will not act in haste, but we will become unshakable and unswayable in our faith. Unshakable and unswayable. How many people's been in earthquakes? Do you get shook? They even sway. I discovered that back in 93 when the Northridge quake, it was about an hour from where we were living was the epicenter, but we were woke up being shook, and then when it was over, we were swaying. It was so weird, you know, swaying like a boat in our living room at the time. But to be unshakable, to be unswayable, is to, in reverse order, to build our lives upon that sure foundation, that precious cornerstone, that tried stone that has been laid in Zion. In Matthew 21:42. Jesus said, have you never read, and he's referring to Psalm 18.22, and, and a lot of the uh, references back to Jesus being that chief cornerstone refer back to this psalm, Psalm 18.22, 1.18.22. Jesus said, have you never read in Scripture, the stone which the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Acts 4.11 This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We've been built upon this wonderful foundation to become a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God's Spirit with us, in us, and upon us. In 1 Corinthians three sixteen and, and then verse 19, Paul says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. My question today, have you built your life upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, having aligned yourself with the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ? We we were once Gentiles in the flesh, we were aliens, we were foreigners, we were strangers, we were separated from God, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been brought near and he has become our advocate, our architect, and our access to the Father. And if we would just build our life upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, everything is about the chief cornerstone, everything is about Jesus and if we would build our lives upon that tried stone, that precious cornerstone, that sure foundation, we would not act in haste, we would be unshakable, we would be unswayable. There's been a lot of swaying for a lot of people over the last few years. I would say since 9-11, there's been a whole lot of shaking going on, shaking in people's faith and their lives and the whole job thing in our country and everything that's happening in the world, and it's still shaking, and we're still wondering, but where's your faith in all that? You can have an unshakable faith if you build your life upon the foundation of the apostles, the prophets. Align yourselves with that cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself. Father, I ask that you would be with us and that we would do so we thank you, Lord, that we are no longer far off if we are in your, in your care, if we are part of the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have made two separate people into one to inhabit your spirit. Lord, may it be that we would continually build our lives upon this, this firm foundation that has been laid for us and that we would align ourselves with Christ each and every day of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.